This is The Playbook. Dave, when it comes to scaling a business, how do you remain lean, but obviously increase profitability? Yeah, so a lot of people think about scaling a business without thinking about the people side of it. Uh, when I scale a business, I have to know and connect the dots backwards from what my objective is. So if, for example, we, um, in 1995, sold our business for $3.4 billion, and the objective was market share. And so we looked at the people that would be necessary in order to effectuate a gross revenue, an EBITDA that would require what was supposed to be a $1.2 billion exit in 95, which by the way was a lot of money in 95. Hmm. I know it seems a daily activity. Still a lot today. of money, certainly to me. Yeah, personally you have it, it's a great, a great thing. <laughs> um, but here, here's the basics of scaling. Number one, note your objective, work your way backwards to the number of qualified people that it will take in order to scale. So there's three steps in scaling any business to any size. And I've done this with startups. When I coach, I have a Monday morning thing that I do. I have office hours where anybody can come on, ask me questions just like this. So this is the way that we literally did it, is we took the people that we had and we had them shadow for a certain amount of time until they could break even in our own mind of our either expectation of performance or revenue. Expectation of performance or revenue. And so we would take someone and say it would take 90 days, for example, to invest in this employee to get them where they have performing to a break-even level or actually revenue, if it's a salesperson, to a break-even level. Then we would have them work with that person in order to get to three times performance or three times revenue. And then we would elevate that person so that someone could shadow them. All of them have a time period that was adaptable and malleable to getting better at what we did. So we actually created a quantifiable measure to see how quickly we could scale because obviously the first generation of this process would take the longest if we got better at what we did. Uh, a lot of people think scaling is about how much investment or money that you need to put into the business to scale or channel partners, et cetera. It's really the foundation of scaling is about understanding how many people you need to meet the objective that you want. And that will work with any size business. And this easy, simple, three-tiered step also provides scalability in the long run because now you have a cultural symbiotic situation where people all are in the same culture as well. Mm. Uh, we had a second question from the front row. Yep. Hi. Uh, hi, David. I'm very glad to see you as usual. Uh, I've been, my name is Igor. I've been following you for more than a year now. I want to say to all who attend, you really changed my life, so I'm very grateful to you. And uh, my question is about accessibility. So you're very accessible, and uh, I mean, sometimes it feels like you're more, more accessible than my family, you know, and, uh, <laughs> uh, and friends. And, um, uh, but uh, I realize that you actually put a lot of effort into being accessible as you are. So can you please explain, explain why is it important for you to be uh, very accessible? Yeah, so there's actually three things that are intertwined in accessibility. One is productive, pr productibility. So I have a lens of how productive am I, 
the more productive you are, the more options, opportunities, and touches of favor that you have in your life, but it leads to accessibility. So the more productive I am, the more value I'm providing, the more accessible I am, but ironically, the more accessible I am, the more productive I am as well. Accessibility is actually a duality though. So most people see my accessibility as being accessible to other people. So I try, I actually have a full-time employee that is searching all social media, all the internet to see what people are charging for. And I have that person trying to figure out how can I do it for free. That's the easiest sale that I can make if my mission is to create a community of people to empower people to empower people to make a lot of money, help a lot of people and have a lot of fun, which is my personal mission to empower over a billion people to be happy because I've never met anyone who makes a lot of money, helps a lot of people and has a lot of fun that isn't happy. And so accessibility, the duality is not only can I be productive enough to be accessible to everyone for free as much as I can, but also accessibility is how am I accessing what I want every day? How am I accessing who I want every day? Who can help me and who I can help? And how am I accessing how best with efficiency, effectiveness, and statistical success to get that done? Productivity leads to accessibility, which actually confirms gratitude. Gratitude is the core of my being. I have and believe gratitude is in everyone's perspective. I find the light, the love, and the lessons. What most optimists or toptimists like me make the mistake in is that you still have to prioritize your gratitude because you only, even I, can only be so accessible and where really good-minded, good-hearted, and good-handed people are, a lot of times they prioritize people that bleed them out of gratitude. Oh, but they're really nice, or that's my mom, or whatever they utilize in the perspective of gratitude. So you actually have to be very pragmatic with gratitude, in my opinion, and prioritize. Surround yourself with people, ideas, events, circumstances that feed you, not just bleed you out of your gratitude because you're looking for the light, the love, and the lessons. So the accessibility is the fuel that, it, that, that, that drives everything else. And I like the way you connect it to the, kind of the positive circle of reinforcements. Yeah, and it's also a monetary, it's amazing. See, what most people haven't gathered yet, and they will in the next 24 months because of the challenges that exist in the economic uh, ecosystem, right? It's, it's harder to get a job, harder to borrow money, harder to raise money, harder to make money. Therefore, I don't define things as a recession. It's just more challenging. But what you'll find is community is the most valuable thing you can do. My mission is to build a community of two types of people, like you, Luen, right? Sponsors and power sponsors. In order to build a community of people who can help you and people who know people that can help you, you have to be someone that is willing to help people and know people that can help people. And those two help aggregate each other and will create an unbelievable force in whatever your objectives are in life, and it's worked with me in an exponential way. I like it. Okay, any other questions? I got the hands up. I got one that shot up over here in the second row. Yep. Hi, Dave. <clears throat> in April, uh, I have a specific question on an NFT event that I went to. In April, Mark Cuban said, uh, careers are dead. The idea of going to college, picking a career, and retiring is over. Everybody is a free agent. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think Gary Vee, who's a close friend of mine, Mark Cuban, who's a friend of mine, 
they get misinterpreted about college. Uh, I believe everyone's always a free agent. I'm a sports agent, for goodness sake, so I hope so. Um, but more importantly, let's talk about education, right? Education and social situational knowledge, emotional intelligence, adaptable intelligence. College is great for a lot of things. I send all my kids to college, but then again, I can afford to. There's, right, there's an investment in going to college. There's not an investment going on YouTube and watching Dave Meltzer or Instagram or TikTok or any, there's not an investment in it. So if somebody wants to have the experience, the emotional intelligence, the adaptable intelligence, the relationship capital, if I had, a, I, I went to college to play football, so there was a really long list of colleges that wanted me to play football. <laughs> <laughs> so I limited my choices. If I had to do it again, because I know where I am today, I would have went to the biggest college in America, right, with the biggest alumni in America. And it would have been, I wouldn't have cared about my grades either. I cared so much about my grades because I wanted to be a lawyer so I could make a lot of money. I would just gone to college to make as many friends as I could to start building my community of sponsors and power sponsors because the investment was extraordinary. Education, what Mark Cuban and Gary Vee are trying to tell you is education is free today from the greatest minds. Not, right, the A students teach the world, the B students run it. Well, you can get a free education today from all the B, C, D, and F students in the world that are running it. Let the A students, you know, teach them and make the money so I can go network at college. Now, there are specific things like doctor, lawyer, and engineer that college also educate you in the best way, but that will change as well. Hopefully that answered your question. What, I want to reiterate one thing to everyone. If you're not learning every day, shame on you. <laughs> that, that's the secret to life. I research every day. I, go, I wish I would have had this attitude when I went to college, but I research every single day. There's, I learned from Sadhguru, I learned from Mark Cuban, I learned from Gary Vee, Ed Milet, Tom Bilyeu. I learned from everyone that has the knowledge I want and accelerates how I get there. We, interesting to hear you say that. We had Chris Anderson on here yesterday, the TED Talk uh, curator, and he was talking about how his, the TED Talks are an educational resource but not a replacement for college or things like that, more a supplement and a gateway to interesting ideas and a, hopefully a, a trigger to start learning more about those, those kind of things. Uh, if two hands that went up, let's get this lady first and then maybe the gentleman beside her after, please. Hello, thank you so much. Thank you, David, for being here. I've met David like three years ago at the Web Summit prior to the pandemic and mm. I have to confirm that everything that he does uh, has at uh, the basis the, the gratitude for, for people and for the community around him. So thank you so much for being a constant presence for, for everyone. Going back to my question, um, what would be your advice for an early stage startup to promote themselves? Where, to whom, when? Thank I you. love that. So there's five daily practices for startups. I actually believe they're for everyone. Um, the common denominator between all successful people and businesses are Number one, that they must be what they can be, and consistency, daily practices. Both are integrated into, into one, because if you have the desire that you must be what you can be, that's the only way you'll have the coherence to have daily practices in your life. Coherence is the ability to remember what I want and to act on it. 
So I learned coherence through gratitude because gratitude saying thank you before you go to bed and when you wake up will change your life. And everyone agrees with me, you're, all your heads are shaking yes and all your minds are saying yes. But by tonight, half of you won't say thank you. By tomorrow morning, half of us won't say thank you. In three days, almost all of us won't say thank you. Even though we agree it's the easiest, fastest, cheapest, it takes 0.1 seconds and it's free to change your life. So these five daily practices to build a business. One, every day, know what you want. And the first thing that every business should want is to be in business tomorrow. It's the top. I have hundreds of businesses that I'm involved with, that I've invested in, that I sit on the board of, and charities. And my first objective, helping all of them, including my own that I own 100% of, is to make sure I'm in business tomorrow. Maybe it's my sports background that tells me, as long as I get in that bat tomorrow, I can always hit a home run. <laughs> and so people, they get waste so far outside of themselves and attach their emotions so far beyond where they should be, which is, what do I want today, personally, experientially, giving and receiving wise? Number two daily practice, and by the way, I'll send this to everyone. Like I said, if it's free, it's we, right? Just email me, david at dmeltzer.com, and you get it anywhere. You can Google me, find it. But know what you want to, who you want, meaning the fastest way to get to where you want to be is find someone that's already there and ask them for directions which I had to do to get to Pavilion 5. <laughs> it's Two, not easy. The statistical success in your business comes from who? What do I mean? In order to get statistical success, you have to have a big community. That's what gives you statistical success. More customers, more vendors, more business development partners, more friends. All of those things are what make you successful in a business. So know your who. Who can you help get what they want? Why am I so accessible? Because I know the statistical success of my trajectory of what I think I want tomorrow is determined by who I help get to where they want to be because I become a priority. What I want becomes a priority for those who I have helped get what they want. That's simple. Three, know your how. The only way to know your how is to know the dependent variable of life. The dependent variable of all objective and subjective matter in life is time. How are you using your time to be productive, accessible, and gracious? Be a student of your calendar. Study it, don't look at it. You won't remember. Study it. Give attention and intention to get the coincidences you want with the activities you have planned, you don't have planned, and your sleep. The activity you get paid for and the activity you don't get paid for. I don't believe in work. I believe in activities I get paid for. <laughs> Much more fun. Who wants to come do an activity we get paid for, everybody would join me. <laughs> Who wants to come to work with me? Very few, some would wanna come with me. <laughs> See the difference? Four, know your now. Prioritization is the confirmation that you know what's important to you. Not what's important to other people, not what is missing, not what you don't want. Too many people study what they don't want and what other people want for them instead of studying their time and activity that they want what's important to them. If you prioritize, it's the antidote to procrastination and the antidote to feeling overwhelmed. So if you ever are feeling overwhelmed, I guarantee if you prioritize what's important to you, it will dissolve, disappear, and dissipate immediately. It's impossible to procrastinate when you know what to do and you know what to do next. Fifth, apply your why. Stop 
thinking I got to get more healthy, more wealthy, more worthy, and more happy. You already are. Figure out what you're doing to interfere with it. It's a complete paradigm shift. I am happy, healthy, wealthy, and weary. What am I doing to interfere with it? Is it the wrong people, the wrong ideas that need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, guilty? How much time, emotion, value, and friends, family are you losing because you have a need to be right, offended, separate, inferior, superior, anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful, just to name a few. Identify what you're doing to interfere with your true potential and instead of fighting it, going over it, under it, through it, around it, resisting it, just stop, breathe, remind, recollect, and remember with your source something greater than you that loves you more than your mommy, into and roll into what you want, who you can help, who can help you, how best to get it done, and reprioritize and apply your why. I promise you, as a startup, if you have the desire and you are consistent with daily practices, mine or yours, there's no doubt that sooner or later, the truth of your potential will come out. I can't tell you how much time that is, nor do I care, nor will you. Right, and don't worry if you are not remembering everything David's saying. Not only can you connect with them, but you'll be able to uh, view uh, a recording of this talk next week as well, so, because there's lots of Thank great you. stuff in there. Okay, next question up here, this gentleman, please. Holy shit. Um, <laughs> so I've been following you now for about 19 hours. Uh, now I know why Kavuto put us together. Um, so we can talk about strategies and tactics and my work with leaders, it always comes down to who must you become? Because unless you have the foundation of who you are, you'll never be able to sustain the things you aspire to do. You went through a crisis, life, explosion, implosion, myself the same, I see you, I feel you. How do you help a man, a woman become who they must become? What would you give them as advice so they don't have to hit rock bottom but they can keep building off of the trajectory they're on? It's a really common question because my rock bottom had a basement. <laughs> I lost over $100 million, went bankrupt in 2008. But my real bottom was 2006 when my wife was going to leave me because she was the only one that told me the truth. She told me to take stock in who I was and what I wanted to be, become. And I took stock in four things and I suggest anyone that is challenged, trauma, frustration, to look for and take stock in who you are and what you want to become. Everyone's so worried about what's coming. Oh, this is the economy. Worry about what you're becoming or concentrate. We don't worry, it's a wasted emotion. Concentrate on what you're becoming. I took four values in mind. One, gratitude. I wanted to have a gracious perspective, which is where over the last 16 years, all of these nuggets have evolved to where people, you know, I got books for you, guides and exercise so you can remember, recollect and remind yourself. Two, forgiveness plays a really big part in it. You can't give what you don't have. I forgive myself every day. Humility, radical humility and ignorance fall within the context of ignorance. Remember, <coughs> of forgiveness, sorry, and ignorance. There's only, by the way, two types of people in the world. Ignorant people, people that don't know what they don't know, and ignorant people, people that don't know what they don't know. Have anybody seen the Webb telescope and saw billions of universes? How the heck do you think anybody knows what the hell they're talking about with trillions of variables and billions of universes? Think about it in a mathematical perspective. So what do we do? 
we live in ignorant humility. I don't know what I don't know, so I'm gonna ask for help and give help with what few little things I actually think I know and identify and forgive those ignorant, arrogant people or forgive my ignorant arrogance when I'm too afraid to admit I don't know what I don't know. And so forgiveness is key because it gives us peace and ease. My whole life is dictated by identifying dis-ease. I have a video that I put out before I speak. You'll see it today at 345. And it's like, happy people are not at dis-ease or don't have dis-ease. And people are like, well, my mom's sick. Are you saying she you know, is not happy? I was like, yeah, I am actually in one respect that her body is at dis-ease. And we need to clear the interference and that interference is making her unhappy. So if you're truly at ease through forgiveness, you'll access all people, energy, all of you have all the energy that you ever need. In your pinky, it would light up all of Web Summit. But what are you doing to interfere with that? Forgiveness allows you to do that. The third one is accountability. Think about this. Accountability isn't blame, shame, and justification. I'm not responsible or I am responsible. It's not even what did I do to attract this to myself. What it actually is, is what did I do to participate in this perception of others and myself? What am I doing to participate in this perception and what am I supposed to learn from it? And then four, effective communication. Effective communication provides motivation and inspiration. Motivation is utilizing fear to get up, get back up and get started. Inspiration is utilizing the identification of that fear that motivates us and get it out of our way so we can access the spirit, the source. And so when you take stock in your values, no matter what stage you are in, whether you're rock bottom or at the very start, you won't have to have a basement to your bottom like I have or you had or some of my friends out there that I see that we've lost more money than most people will ever make. <laughs> no, just take stock in who you are and what you want to become and you will get to exactly where you want to be or better. Because why? You're all ignorant. Do you think, David, that you, I'm sure you wouldn't want to relive the rock bottom moments again, but has that experience enabled you to, 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 to grow as a person or to, to be more successful or, or stood to you? Man, that's one of my favorite questions because I know we have four minutes and I'm going to try. <clears throat> and everybody, I have books for you here. Come ask me questions at my booth in Pavilion One. Come to my speech. Listen to this. Time is the dependent variable of all matter. Subjective and objective matter. The biggest piece of time that most people don't look at, everybody looks at today, they know they're limited by 24 hours of time. So you need to be productive, accessible, and gracious, efficient, effective, and statistically successful. But if you want to reach your potential every day in a trajectory of what you think you want tomorrow, you have to look at the defining moments, inflection points of our past and change the meaning, because you give meaning to everything you see, change the meaning of the defined moments or inflection points of your path and make sure it's aligned, just like your activities today, in a trajectory of what you think you want in the future. So my bankruptcy, imagine this, walking up to your mom's house to tell her you lost everything and realizing that not only did you lose everything, but the only reason you wanted to be rich is to reward your single mom with six kids who worked two jobs to buy her a house and a car and you realize you didn't take her house out of your name. And you are now not only telling her you're bankrupt, 
but she's moving. Exactly. The F word came out of her mouth. <laughs> now, when I realized my mom, I thought she would, you know, maybe faint. I thought maybe that would be it. Instead, she looked at me and she said, are you okay? I said, mom, you didn't hear me. You have to move. Are you okay? Mom, you have, I understand. Do you need any money? My life changed. The meaning of the worst thing that I ever dreamed of became the greatest lesson that I ever received. And it propelled me for 16 years to become what I wanted to be, to take stock in the young boy my mom made and to become what she wanted me to become, to stand on stages and help people and still make a lot of money and help even more people and have a lot of fun and be so happy that I call my mom every day and tell her how happy I am, how healthy I am, how appreciative I am and how much I love her. The meaning that I give, the biggest fear of my life, is the greatest purpose that I have. And you too can take the defining moments and inflection points of your life, give it a meaning and a trajectory of what you think you want, put it into your daily activities and make sure the activities are aligned with what you think you want because time is the only limitation of today. The meaning that you give your past is the only limitation of an infinite amount of time that the past has. We can all go back 100 million years right now. It has an infinite amount of time in the past. The present is dictated by 24 hours. And then you can take out the limitation of the future. There is only one limitation in your future. You. The future is unlimited. People do things today that I never dreamed of. If I met Bezos 25 years ago and he told me he was gonna be a trillionaire and the richest man on earth selling books out of his garage, even me, I would have laughed at him. But he didn't care because he got out of his own way and so can you through gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration, effective communication. Utilize fear to get you up and then get the hell out of its way. Identify it, stop, drop, and roll. I promise you, you can make a lot of money, help a lot of people, and have a lot of fun. You can be happy and you can empower other people to be happy.